Where do they stop in defining what is perfect? Failure is a lesson. Where does it go? They don't accept it? We need failures. By the way, but nobody knows how much you go fucked. Maybe you need to cut that one out, but that's the truth. Hello and welcome to Off Topic. In this episode, we are joined again by Ferdy. Thank you for having you me again. You liked it so much that you came again. <laughs> yeah, I came for a second time. Yes, and um, we're talking about perfectionism today. Oh boy, that's a good one. Yeah, I think that a lot of people f struggle to get started with things because they're way too perfect or they expect to get outcomes straight away. Well, it is true. It's like perfection is difficult to understand, if that yeah. makes sense. Because some people like just keep going at it. Like I think there was a quote I read online that said like, perfection is when you stop adding and start removing stuff oh interesting yeah so it's like imagine it's like you're building an app for example oh let's add this feature let's add this feature let's add this feature and then you go you know what we don't need this feature we don't want this feature and then that's where it's become perfect but as they say there's always room a room for improvement so who decides what's perfect would you call yourself a perfectionist I wouldn't say I'm a perfectionist per se. It's like, yes, I strive to make good content, for example, or good quality of work. But at some point, you have to draw the line somewhere. Because let's say you were trying to design a road. Like there is some standards you can follow, etc. So that one becomes perfect, right? So the road is the road. Like you designed it to according to the guidance, the standards, and you adhere to all, uh, all the best practice. But then the presentation... It's like, how perfect can I get it? It's just need to get the message across. It's like, this is information, this is the stuff, and that's it. That's where you draw the line, because otherwise you spend hours on it and trying to fiddle. You know what? That text alignment doesn't look right. I need to shift it 2.5 millimeters, because the guy who's going to read it, he's going to feel better when he sees it 2.5 millimeters away from there. So that's from the perspective of someone who's already begun the work. Yeah. What if someone wants to start something new, but they're stopping themselves because they're saying, okay... I don't want to do this yet because I'm not ready. Because in my head, the only way that this is going to be good enough if it's if it's perfect. So they look up to people who have put years in practice yeah. and they don't see. So you know the iceberg. Yes. The tip of the iceberg is the success. It's the things we see that people achieved. Yeah. But then below the surface level, there's all the hard work. There's all the mistakes. There's uh. all the tri trials and tribulations. And people don't see that. So it puts them off starting work because I think if I can't produce content, for example, yeah. that's as perfect as X, Y, Z, then there's no point me producing yeah. content in the first place. It's like the joke. What was the joke? Uh, uh, everyone congratulates a pregnant woman like, oh, for having a baby, <laughs> but nobody knows how hard she got fucked. <laughs> Maybe you need to cut that one out, but that's the truth. It's like everyone congratulates, oh, congratulations for the baby, but nobody knows how much she got fucked. <laughs> you know what I'm I mean? I'm going to use that. <laughs> It's like, congratulations for the baby. Oh, yeah, thank you, thank oh you. God. But yeah, uh, yeah, the iceberg effect is good. But then, uh, hmm, what, where do they stop in defining what is perfect? It's like, okay, I'm happy with my content. like Because there is that as well. It's like, you've pr let's say you're editing your podcast. Where do you draw the line? It's like, okay, that's perfect. Because if you compare yours with the uh, other YouTubers or podcasters that you gave an example, then your experience based on their experience, let's say they have 10 years plus, you have one year, then I don't believe it's physically, usually, it's not physically possible for you to reach that level of quality because you don't have that level of experience. Exactly. So I suppose you have to accept it 
that you're going to produce the stuff that you're going to produce, the experience that you have and the tools that you have, and call it a day. So I suppose the best practice for this one is to set yourself a deadline. Mm-hmm. So let's say I have one week to edit the podcast. So whatever you've done in one week, that's it. You draw the line. But obviously, if you didn't manage to do a good work within one week, you give yourself an extension. But other than that, I think that's where you need to start drawing the line. Because otherwise, you'll just keep going at it. Uh, there was an interesting, I think, quote from Ted Mosby from How Met Your Mother. He goes, there was an architect who was trying to design the perfect library. So he spent years and years designing it to make sure everything is perfect. But what happened when the library got built is it started sinking because the architect forgot to take into account the way of the books. Because he was so focused on trying to make it so perfect that he forgot the finer details. Yeah. And it started sinking. That's really sad. Yeah. So that should be like a lesson. Like, so yes, strive for perfection. Don't Don't try to accept mediocre work but at the same time you need to know where the line is because practice makes perfect and to practice means you need to do more stuff so if you do one podcast every three months and you spend three months perfecting it it might not have the same result as someone who does every week a podcast and editing it does make sense the one who does every week becomes more efficient in editing etc and but the other guy who does it every three months might pick better content but it will take him way longer yeah so then you go okay who's gonna become more viral the one who uploads every three months or the one who uploads every week so i'm gonna speak from personal experience okay there was something that i've been wanting to work on for a very long time okay and i was putting it off because i was you know i'm trying to be a perfectionist i'm trying to get things right i want it to be as professional as possible yeah and it wasn't until I did my first ever, let's say, trial yeah. that I realized, holy crap, there's things that I didn't even know, I, that, that I didn't even consider until you try. And because I took the first step to trying, now I have a list of things that I didn't even know about that I need to improve on the second yes. time I give it a go. And then the third time. And the list keep going on and on and on. Well, you cannot know what you don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, you just have to go for it and then just say, I have one week. Swallow your pride and just go for it and don't focus too much on perfectionism. See, I don't think it has to do anything with pride. Do is you it? No, why? It's not pride. It's just personal, I suppose, cri- uh, performance indicators. Like, no performance indicators. That's a weird like one. Self-esteem. Not self-esteem. is like because you could be proud of the work that you did. But while you're doing the work, I think it's just like your assessment. It's like your, like your bar. Like where do you set like the bar? Like how high do you set it? Like the standards? Yeah, basically the standards. For example, when I'm doing some drawings, it's like I want them to be presentable. That's my bar. It's like if I get past that presentable, I draw the line. I'm not just going to keep working on it. It doesn't make sense because the design is all correct and it is presentable. That's it. That's where we draw the line. Yeah, I think maybe you don't relate to this, but there's a lot of people that kind of become perfectionists because they tie the result, the end result, to their self-worth. So in their minds, it affects them so deeply that even starting the thing in the first place is so scary because if it fails, it's a reflection of how they feel about themselves. So if this fails, then I failed. If this doesn't go right, then I'm I'm a failure. I haven't done Okay, then the quote is like, uh, failure is a lesson. Where does it go? They don't accept it? They don't accept that quote? Like the failure is a lesson and not like a failure? 
I think it's a lesson that a lot of people need to learn. Yeah, I suppose so. It's like because uh, let's see an example. Uh, somebody's baking a cake. He, he failed in baking the cake. Like the cake came like uh, the Tower of Pisa, like upside down. Well, not upside down. Uh, tilted. Tilted. Yeah. It, it came out tilted. So what is like the next time we know is like what he did wrong. But someone being scared and he wants to get the perfect cake. How is he gonna know what result he's gonna get if he doesn't try in the first place? Mm. So I think you should try. And I think, you know, speaking of baking, you've just like reminded me of this example that I heard someone say. So they said the imperfections in a bread, for example, yeah. when a baker, you know, bakes a bread and it starts to split at the top. Yeah. You don't get this perfect loaf of bread, do you? No, you it's never got, like cracks and everyone splits. is different, yeah. They said that the cracks and the splits in the bread is what actually attracts customers because they can see this and they can see it's a well-made um, well-fermented bread and that's it, interesting. it drives you know the customers no one wants to see a bread that's completely perfect i mean if it is then that's questionable because why is it so perfect and you start to think maybe it's not it's, it's machinery made, machine like made from exactly. machine so made the imperfections in certain things actually attract people i see what i mean but then again i believe less is more so yes if it's imperfect it's less perfect mm. so less is more i suppose what was that quote you taught me it's um the greek saying yeah. everything in moderation yeah pan metro aristo yeah, yeah everything in moderation like even perfection probably yeah because if you have everything in the world perfect then what's the point it's like you're it's like we're being in a futuristic movie where everything is white everyone is dressed the same and everything is perfect so where is the diversity in that yeah so i guess the message i'm trying to put across here is this we need failures <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need we have two different models. Yeah, you've got a model where people would walk towards perfection, and that's their aim. Yes, and then a model where we're saying, don't focus on the perfection, focus on the journey, learn from the journey, and then keep perfecting it. Because at the end of the day, you're never you're never going to strive for perfection. There will always be something to improve on. See, strive for perfection is like basically what you're trying to say is like don't make sloppy work. Yeah. Okay, I, mean, yeah. I see what you're pointing. Yeah, if that's the case, then yes, because there is a difference between enjoy the journey and do sloppy work and enjoy the journey and be aware of the work that you're doing. So I suppose, yeah, you're right. But then we said perfection is when you start removing stuff, right? So if somebody to start removing, you need to start adding, right? How do you determine what to remove? Well, it depends on the example. As I said, for example, if you're developing an app, an application then you start adding features so getting rid of like features that they become unnecessary like kind of like how elon musk fired 80 percent of his workforce from twitter that is one way to look at it <laughs> <laughs> i don't like, know if i'm allowed to say that <laughs> well it is uh, you're entitled for your opinion so it's we have freedom of speech thankfully <laughs> so yeah maybe that's his way of perfecting twitter as a company is like I don't need that. I think Elon Musk doesn't have the rule. Is like if uh, if this can be sorted through an email, then don't set up a meeting for it or something like that. I wish this was a global um, law. Epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> a global epidemic is like send an email, don't send an invite. Yeah. Yeah, but then maybe humans are craving human connection. It's like I want to speak to the guy through Teams. I want to feel his voice through my headset, <laughs> ASMR style. <laughs> oh God. Teams is another, a whole another loophole. Well, um, it, sa it saves the planet. We travel less. Now, someone told me that emails produce CO2. 
Yeah, because the machines are running and the servers, etc., right? But I don't understand how... So someone told me this, and um, my argument was, well, yes, it produces CO2, but it's probably less than, I don't know, getting jumping in a car and traveling 20 miles to... It is way, to. yeah, it is way less. And that's why I think Elon Musk is like, not be because of the meeting, but I think Elon Musk said, if this can be sorted via email, then there's no need for a meeting. So I suppose if that's the mentality he had in Tesla or SpaceX, then he took it to Twitter, it's like... Can this have been resolved with one email? Yes. So why did you set up a meeting? Uh, fired. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was harsh. I don't know. Maybe he was like such a perfectionist that he took his own standards of what and philosophy of what perfection is and applied to Twitter. And some people did not like it. What's the first ever structure that civilization built, in your opinion? What do you think it is? The perfect one. The first ever structure. So think about way back in time okay. when we had zero civilization you know i don't know what what would that be the stone ages or something okay let's see if it was stone age i would say a door they a found door? a cave and they built a door oh so this oh yeah because the structure is already there and they yeah they did the, yeah they just found a cave or they found a rock that they used as a door so does it class a structure i don't think so but i would say stone houses like put some planks of wood maybe but i would say like the stone age where they built their stone houses first i don't know if it was in stone age but yeah when they built houses out of rocks yeah i think that should be the first structure or like twigs like tree branches and yeah i suppose so. and then they realized actually you know the branches and the stones keep falling so they started working on things that cement it together like mm. mud yeah start plastering mud. clay yeah and then over time our knowledge of structure changed and we become more advanced that's and in true. doing so, we started creating even more stable structures. And then we started becoming advanced and adding aesthetics. You know, you see a lot of buildings nowadays. You don't even, you know, they have features that add zero structural integrity. It's just there for aesthetics. So we keep adding on and on and on. And now we're in a place where we're realizing, holy crap, global warming is a thing. Yeah. And we're trying, we're trying to make the buildings a bit more green. So we're starting to... Literally, Strip. like you yeah, said, exactly. taking things away and implementing natural elements into it. First example, look at the architecture of like 16th, 17th, 15th, 14th, like you, I don't know which century it was, but the architecture where they have like those nice figures on the sides of the buildings, the little Gargoyles statues. And yeah. yeah. Now look at the buildings nowadays. Do yeah, they have them? No. Very minimal. Minimalistic. They just removed them because it wasn't necessary. But some people, they might have said that but at that time, this was perfect based on the, what their standards was, because uh, aesthetically was perfect. And our age now thinking minimalism aesthetically is perfect. So it depends which way you look at it, I suppose, because as I said, again, perfection is subjective, right? Because I believe the old structures looked way nicer. Now, were they effective, like in terms of efficiency of construction, timelines, etc.? Maybe not. And the new buildings are more effective because they do pre-composite panels like off-site and then just bring them and just install them like Legos. So it depends where you look at it and then you see, For as we said, yeah, we start stripping stuff. And fun fact about architecture, first they were building walls to protect us from the outside world and then we start introducing glass so we can look towards the inside. Because if you l pay attention to the architecture timeline, at some point, we stop building walls to hide what's inside and we start building walls to show what's inside. That's ins yeah, I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. 
So uh, I'm not sure who started the movement, but yeah. Uh, with windows, you mean? Like yeah, glass. like the glass facade so you can look inside. The but safer the environment became, the more people, you know. Yeah. Like, have you been to the Netherlands? No, I haven't. I haven't so traveled much. One thing that I noticed in the Netherlands, which I thought was really shocking. Well, I wouldn't say shocking. It wasn't like a shock factor, but everyone keeps their windows open. Like, yeah. not just the windows, but like the blinds are open. Yeah. There's no like level of privacy. Everyone's just people just feel so safe. I mean, it obviously depends whether you live in the city or yeah. on the outskirts, but most people just had their blinds open. And, you know, when I came back to the UK, I realized everyone's shut, like shutters were. Because they feel guilty and ashamed of what they do in their houses. <laughs> it's like people are going to judge them. Where another Dutch people don't care. It's like people uh, judge them that much. It's like, whoa, what the neighbor's going to say. <laughs> But Dutch people goes, I don't care what the neighbor will say. They have nothing to hide. Yeah. They already have the red light district. So what more yeah. can you shame them? It's like, oh, we have our prostitutes outside in the streets and we're proud of it. We call it the red light district. Many people from the world come to see it. Yep. So we have nothing to hide. Getting money from it. From yeah, the they, they capitalized on it. So, yeah, it is true because I like to have my windows open. It's like, what do I have? Light, yeah. Natural light, air, fresh air coming in. So what do I have to hide? Like, why would I mind people watching uh, watching me watching a TV? Like, what's this whole thing about privacy? It's, it's really interesting. I don't know. I honestly don't know. But Well, the is the position that you're sitting so weird that people are going to question you and then uh, record you and put you on TikTok and then you become virally famous for the person who sit awkwardly <laughs> on the couch know. to watch a TV? <laughs> I think it takes a certain level of trust and I don't know, we're going completely off yeah. topic, but um, I had a question. So we talked about um, how structures became minimal. So yeah. we've taken things out of the structures that we've designed to make it more, um, you know, we focus more on the structural integrity rather than the actual aesthetics. So yes. I feel that we compromise on the aesthetics. What do you think is the good a good balance between aiming for perfection in certain areas because the way i see it is you're building something you've got one two three four five goals yes so you want it to be you know not crumble you want it to be to be able to withstand wind and then i guess more structural ideas and then the final one is it needs to look a certain way yeah but we've compromised on how it looks to focus more on these areas what's the good way when you're working towards a project or working towards a new business idea how can you be more focused on Every single kind of... Well, it depends on the budget of the client, to be honest. That's the truth. That's the ugly truth. It depends on the budget of the client. So if the client wants something cheap, he'll go for cheap facade because it's not an mm. expensive option. So minimal structures, like it's nothing too complicated. For example, you don't see many circular-shaped buildings because it's harder to... Not harder to build, but it's just more complex and it impacts the project timeline, cost, like how they're going to build it, etc. Uh, you don't see many structures like the Sydney Opera or like the uh, Birmingham uh, New Street Station. You don't see many structures like that. It just depends. It's like how much they want to invest on it. Like if they want to make a statement, yes, they will focus more heavily on how the structure looks. But if they just want to do something like build a building to rent the offices out, why do you want to care so much about how it looks on the outside? They would just be like, you know what, we'll just hire a good interior design so we make feel everyone like they're not in prison. Yeah, and I guess from what you're saying, from a point of view of someone who's trying to start a new hobby or a new business or whatever it is they're trying to start, a lot of people do start with nothing and they're yes. put off by that. But I think what you're saying is 
you know, if your budget is cheap, it doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't start. That you is should, correct. Yeah. You should go for it because I remember, I don't know, I'm not going to name who, but there's a YouTuber I used to follow a lot when I was younger. He was like yeah. a streamer, yeah. a gamer. And I remember the first like very old videos, they're really bad quality. Yeah. And now you compare it to his current videos and it's like, you know, he's got a whole team, like exactly. a line of production. And I think people shouldn't be put back by the low budget equipment they have. Yeah. You should just start doing, is it Google that started in there? garage or something i think apple started in their garage for sure like steve jobs oh, was in google yeah, i think one of them, apple one started of the in the garage but the best example what's uh, what's that famous youtuber who does the tech reviews mk oh yeah what's his the name? camera guy yeah mk something his name he's very famous i forgot his uh, title but it's mk something and that youtuber i think he talked about his journey and if you see the first video he was doing he was just reviewing application on his computer like on a 720 or 480p uh, quality and now he has like a robotic arm that shoots like his like oh, movements wow. like how to do the stuff and it's just it's just consistency consistency is beats talent and beats the raw talent that strives perfection sometimes I was actually having a debate with someone. I was I was having a conversation with someone who said to me, talent is better than hard work. He said, if you have talent, you don't have to put hard work. And I said to him, but look, talent doesn't just come from thin air. Talent shows that someone's put hard work in the past in the first place. Uh, no, I think you're wrong here. I know I'm your guest, but I have to <laughs> point it out. I think you're wrong. Talent is something natural. So talent is something natural and can take you so far. So if you rely only on talent, my opinion is, is that let's say you're running a 100-meter race. Just giving you a, a very weird example. So talent, let's say, can take you up to 50 meters only by talent. The rest needs to be hard work. Hard work. But if you d didn't put the hard work with your talent, then you won't go that extra 50 meters. But someone who put the hard work, maybe initially he would have gone 25 meters, but if he kept consistently putting the hard work there, he might go to the 100 meters. Okay, I agree in the sense that some people naturally have certain traits or certain things already set in place yeah. that help them achieve the first 50%, for example, like you yes. said. Okay, are we calling that talent or is that just a head start? I would say let's call it talent. Because the way I see it is, say some, the second person yeah. competing against the first person doesn't have you know the same muscle mass as the first person, for example, yeah. so they're their sprinting is a bit yeah. lower yeah. but it doesn't mean that they can't reach that level just because they didn't they weren't born with it yeah i think just you can, you can still talent is not necessarily you can still reach somewhere without it you just have to practice yes correct practice makes perfection yeah. right so but perfection is is not what? always it's a it's a perfection should be a goal that constantly moves um and set True. in a different standard every time you do something you identify new areas for growth so your goal post for perfection should always be moving higher and higher and higher if your yeah if your goal when, is when stay they say practice it makes perfection it means for that individual specific task right so if i'm saying is like not the bigger picture not the bigger picture i, I think because like let's say you're playing darts and you're aiming for bullseye. If you keep practicing, then you make perfection and keep hitting bullseye every time you throw the dart. That's it. That was the task. Practice, make perfect. So you'll never miss the bullseye. Now, the bigger picture is 
if he keeps practicing to be able to hit any range in the darts, yeah, then yeah, that's different. But then again, falls into small. So I think when you break your goal into smaller tasks, practice makes perfection. But in the bigger picture, as you say, then the goalposts should keep moving as we need to evolve. And then maybe per the, then the expression less is more comes in play. It's mm. like, you know what? I don't want to hit bullseye, which is weird, but because sometimes you need to hit it and I need to hit more triple 20s, like in darts. What excuses have you had in your past that you made for yourself that stopped you from achieving the things you wanted to achieve? So this is a bit of a personal question, but were there any limiting beliefs that you had, any self-criticizing thoughts that you had that stopped you from doing something? I suppose I just wasn't... Let's say when I started my YouTube journey, it's like... I would make like four or five takes of something. It's just I wasn't happy with the quality of it. But then I realized that I cannot keep postponing it because I, mm. based on what I've read online and watched the videos, like tutorials about how to succeed in YouTube, it said consistency in uploading. So I had to swallow up like whatever, like, oh, imperfection and uh, or perfection I was striving and just upload what I've done, the work I've done, and then just consistent practice makes perfect. So now, for example, I did a video more efficiently than, let's say, two years ago. Now I have more knowledge on how to edit the settings or what's better. And the other thing about talent, let's give you an example. I started YouTube, right? If I didn't have charisma, for example, I had to... You have charisma? <laughs> okay. I want to believe I do have a certain level of charisma. <laughs> so if someone didn't have charisma, I would have to practice on that as well. Mm while he was starting the YouTube journey because they don't know how to act in front of the camera. They don't know like how to, you know, deliver a content, piece of content. But I had maybe a head start because I was more comfortable in speaking from the camera and I delivered the content. So I didn't have the obstacle to overcome. So it depends where you're coming from. So talent does play a role. It's like, or the natural talent, let's mm. say what you have. It's not a talent to have charisma, but you get what I'm saying. No, I understand. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think what you're trying to say is if you have natural traits or talents, the goalpost seems closer because now you've already got, naturally, you've already got half the work that you needed to put in anyways. Yes, correct. But then it shouldn't discourage people who don't have the talent and don't want to achieve something because if, the, let's say, your dream is to be a TV showman and you don't have charisma... Yes, charisma, it's a very difficult uh, thing to gauge and how to quantify it. But practice will make perfect. Like you can watch the best, more successful TV show presenters and start making notes of what they did, their body language, how did they see, how did they react in situations and try to adapt them. And whilst you're practicing their adaptation and practicing and practicing, it becomes natural. Therefore, it becomes a talent, I suppose. Yeah, the a talent that he, he, he yeah, yeah, he polished. Yeah. The way I see it is talent is defined. I mean, this isn't like the proper definition or yeah. the dictionary for what talent means. But from my from our conversation, yeah. talent seems to be the thing that you possess that requires the least amount of effort to produce oh, the same amount of outcome at someone as someone else who probably has to put a little bit more effort I to see. achieve the same amount of outcome. So the more you become better at something, the more talented you become, the less effort you need to put into that thing. And then we go to the point of like, if you're a graphic designer and it takes you like, let's say only two hours to make a banging logo, the client goes like, oh, why are you charging me like 2,000 pounds when you only took two hours? Mm. Well, because it took 20 years to perfect it. Yeah. 
so perfect my skills and like uh, under, like start not uh, removing stuff that's not necessary because you spend 20 years it's like I need to learn this I need to learn that I need to learn that and then from all these 20 years you pick the core skills that remain essential to design the logo for example so less is more perfection is so not removing so that's why it's like I had it on one of my clients it's like he asked me to do an exercise in civil engineering and I did the exercise I think within three hours um he goes like oh you did it in three hours. It's like, I suppose you don't pay the guy uh, for the work they've done, but you pay him for the experience that he has to do the work. So, yeah. Some cli- some people are not happy with that idea. But then again, probably they're ignorant about the fact that how much effort and hard work the other person put to achieve to that level. Absolutely. I was thinking about this the other day, and it made me realize, um, say, for example, I wanted to start... Even this podcast, for example, yeah. I could have say I had a massive budget okay. to throw around because I can. Yeah, I could have easily. Yeah, <laughs> I could have easily created a banging, super professional video um, podcast. Yes, but even then, the money that went into it. Yes, I didn't put the effort into the editing. I didn't put any effort into the recording. I didn't put any effort into anything. Yeah, I just sat there and spoke. The money that I spent on the actual post-production, that money is still time. It's not my time. I just gave the money to someone else's time. So time is a currency because if I didn't have that much budget, I can still produce a good enough video, but now I have to put in more time. So yeah, my restriction now is time. Yes. It's not money, it's time. And I think a lot of people are scared to put the time in and they just want to jump to... The post. Well, you know what they say. We're the generation of like we want it. Uh, we want it uh, quickly and now. Like we want it everything work now. That way. Well, that's the generation. I think that's why smartphones or like the Amazon Prime delivery the next day. I think they kind of like spoiled us. Let's put it this way. So to summarize, if someone is being a perfectionist and they're putting themselves down and they're not getting the work started, what's the first step that they should be taking to overcome? that roadblock say good morning to random people say good morning to random people yes i would say good morning to strangers or say hi to strangers because i read somewhere that if you want to boost your self-confidence saying hi to strangers or like good morning or hi boost your self-confidence i tried it and it did work you just feel like you're not shy anymore so Therefore, if you find ways to boost your self-confidence, then I think it will be more easier for you to start the work and just start the work, put yourself a deadline and say, okay, I'm going to do this by Monday because then you cannot postpone it. And if you postpone it, then you're a piece of shit. (laughs) Or (laughs) if you postpone it, then it means you're a perfectionist. Let's put it in a different color. You're a perfectionist. And it's okay to be perfectionist, but you have to have it like draw somewhere the land in the sand. So yeah, just start and see how it goes. And if you're not happy with it, extend, uh, request an extension or just upload what you've done and then try again until you perfect it. Thank you very much, Ferdy, for joining me on this episode. I hope everyone else has enjoyed this episode and found something useful. Thank you for having me. It was great to see you a second time. Leave your comments in the sections below. And remember, less is more.